Burbank for the touchdown. Burbank, the rookie from Boomer. He grew up in Garfield, New Jersey, 10 minutes from Giant Stadium. You're talking about a kid who is just all heart. Welcome to the Underdog Jets podcast with Wayne Corbett and Robbie Sabo. Welcome back to the Underdog. I did it again. Nah, it's the Underdog Jets podcast. I like to mess with Wayne every now and then and switch up Underdog and Jets. So sometimes we're the Jets Underdog podcast, sometimes we're not. Wayne, number 80, I know you have some thoughts on this dominating victory in Lambeau. The kids were outrageous. Brees Hall, Sauce, Quinn and Williams. I mean, is he going to be an all-pro this year? Uh, let's let's see what you got to say on this one. Yeah, uh, big win. A big win on the road. We are road warriors officially, 3-0 on the road. Uh, and for anybody who said um, any kind of excuses on why we won with second and third string quarterbacks, we beat Aaron Rodgers, and he was 15-0 in the last 15 games. So, yes, this is a big win, and they deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, and it was, you know, it's interesting. You look at New York football, Giants are 5-1. and one. They deserve all the credit in the world, but – they're doing it more with smoke and mirrors with coaching the jets. That was convincing. And the last two weeks have been convincing. Yeah. It was three, three at the half, but they really dominated the game, you know, starting early in the second or uh, third quarter, uh, yeah. the floor fans wanted to bury the floor six feet deep in that first half. And, you know, when I looked at that first half offensively, I think people were confusing perfection with bad play calling. It wasn't bad play calling. He was setting a lot of stuff up. They only ran 24 plays in that first half, but they ran 5.3 yards per clip. So everything was set up. And, you know, sure enough, they, they you know, burst out in that third quarter. Yeah. The thing I liked is when they got the lead and uh, bad penalties, bad passing the third penalties, and Green Bay went back down. So we're only up seven, um, but LaFleur didn't get conservative. Right. Um, you know, he kept going at him, kept going at him. But that misdirection play to Brees Hall, oh. uh, what a great, what a great call they set that up. But I said, uh, I was talking to Lavernius. This so special about this kid is he got the ball on the left hash, and then up scoring on the right pylon. The way yeah. he cut that back in his vision, um, and that kid's that kid's something. That's a fine by Joe Douglas. That kid's something special. Yeah, Dwayne Brown talked with the media today. And uh, we we asked him about that. I forget who it was. Someone asked him about that question with Brees Hall and at the end because he was one of the guys pulling. I th- yeah. No, no, no. It was going from right he to left. He pulled on Berrios's. He pulled on Berrios's, yes. Yeah. He was leading the way. But the Brees Hall one, he looked around. He's like, where the hell is he? He's supposed to – it was supposed to be a sweep coming around the edge. But Brees's vision cut it right up the gut. And you're right, man. That's That was all Brees pretty much. Yeah, 100, 100 uh, I think, yards from scrimmage. Um, he he's up there, if not number one. Um, Zach did what he needed to do. Um, you know, the one only one negative, it didn't matter, and it was a penalty, is that slide coming up short of the yeah. first round. But he made the throws. Uh, everybody did well. Uh, but the defense, it, it's all about the defense and Quinn and Williams. 
Uh, and his brother, Quincy, big hits, uh, stopping first downs. Quan, Franklin, you know, I mean, Franklin Myers, Vinnie Curry getting the, into the action. So if they're only going to give up 17 points in a game, uh, like the last two weeks, they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, they, they have found their DNA. They, they're not going to be a crazy blitzing team, but they will pick their spots, you know, in, in terms of different run fitting situations where they'll crash the D end and replace them with someone with a scraping linebacker or a cornerback. We saw it with, I think sauce came on a run blitz where the DN crashed and they just stifled them. They stifled them all game. And it was evident right from the get go. Aaron Rodgers could not go to those receivers. Why? Because this coverage unit is arguably the best in the league, led by Sauce and those veterans. Yeah, Sauce is, I mean, statistically, his rating is, is number one. Um, I mean, you look at it right now, uh, Quinnen is a starter in a Pro Bowl. Sauce is in the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Reese is doing his thing. Um, you know, they're standouts for a team that no one thought would do anything. Yeah. Um, and they and they don't care. They don't care what people think. I mean, Sauce had on the cheese head. It doesn't matter. They got nothing to lose and they're playing that way. And that's a great attitude to have. Um, and hopefully that continues out in Denver. There was one play, the Barrios after the Barrios touchdown. I just happened to see it on the replay. After he scored, Michael Carter came over. He's like, do the Lambo leap. I heard him say it. And yeah. Barrios kind of waved it off. Would you, Wayne, have done the Lambo leap after your running back, Curtis Martin, told you to in that situation? <laughs> uh, like I said, me and LC were talking about it. I said, what if I didn't make it? And he said, LC's like, I would get behind you and push you up. They're like, give, give me your hands. to." But at the Meadowlands, I would just, I would just walk up the stairs. But uh, the Lambo <laughs> leap, that's, that's tough on a home team when you're doing their thing in their stadium. And, and I heard the booze for Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. So we're making, we're making teams do that. So, uh, yeah, like I said, road warriors, 3-0 on the road. Um, and I see that Broncos are playing tonight. Yeah. So a uh, short week for them, just like it was a short week for uh, Green Bay coming home from London. So yeah, it sets up, you know, we could be 5-2 and two this time next week. Easily. And then you got the Pats at home the, the week after that. Right now, the Jets, I think, are three and a half point underdogs. It, it, it may change. The line may change based on tonight. Uh, but that Pats game in two weeks at home might be the first game they're favored this year, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about that Zappi kid. Yeah, me neither. Uh, playing well. I'm not sure exactly who they played against, but uh, hopefully they figure them out or, or we'll figure uh, we'll figure them out. I tell you what, I need the Chargers to win tonight too because I have them in uh, my survivor pool. So if they lose, I'm done. Like they got to win to survive, and they, I'm not feeling too good right now. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I just I, unless they check out uh, John Elway, I'm not worried about Russell Wilson right now. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And that coaching is, staff too. Some of these questions. Uh, here's a comment, Joe Campanelli. It's so much fun to watch a great defense. Yeah. Offense putting on you know points on the board, but just having these jail breaks and these guys coming and putting pressure on the quarterback and the coverage behind uh, you know Sauce and Reed, all those guys, it is fun to watch. Like I said, I like to see touchdowns and and stuff, but you know with that defense, man, they're going to be tough to beat. You could see it to their technique, the fundamentals. There's not many dead ball fouls as we've seen the past few years. False starts, just bonehead mistakes. 
you know, you saw a couple over the first two weeks this year, but since then it's been really cleaned up and solid told the media today, the three things he likes to see in terms of how he, his team, he wants to the style of play is effort, technique, and violence. And not violence in terms of just hitting people, although he loves that. We all know that. But that's what he wants to see jump off the film. And I'm telling you, today, they definitely saw those three things. Yeah. Like I said, the the way they're playing, the reckless abandon, they, um, they're they uh, <laughs> they're for real. I keep saying it. This isn't the same old thing. Uh, you know, Daniel Faust, uh, thank you. Uh, what is the floor and ceiling for wins now? Well, based on Vegas, I think it was like four and a half, five. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you look at it. I mean, if they could go 500 to the rest of the way or win a little bit more. I mean, no reason they can't make the playoffs and come up with 10 wins. Um, I mean, Buffalo is going to be tough twice. Yeah. But other than that, though, I mean, who who are we afraid of? Nobody, really. I mean, and all they have to do is go six and five. Yeah. the rest of the way to win 10 games and go yeah. 10 and seven. So, so that's what happens when you get off to a four and two start. Yeah. You know, what's weird is they showed the matchups, you know, the buys and then who's playing who. And just to see the Jets helmet, this was last week, to, you know, up there in the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. And listen, these, la- you know, we've had, uh, uh, you know, you know, it, we're just playing. We're playing hard, but it's not happening. These last two weeks, they were no doubters. Yeah. Midway through the fourth, you're like, "All right, let's just you know bring this one home. You know, leave, get home with the win." So this is completely different. Oh, uh, and I and I said this morning, 27 years I've been involved with the Jets as a player and now um, you know alumni. I can count. 10 maybe less of all those years that I felt this good about a team when I was playing or not. It's this is not normal for for Jet fans over the years. No, it's not. And it, it goes to culture too. And Douglas's vision, you know, Will Parks, a guy who you know, returned that punt punt block for a touchdown. Here's a guy who busted his ass this summer, was one of the best safeties in camp, didn't make the roster, was disappointed. But he didn't make the roster because of transactional strategy. It was, you know, there was just strategy there. Like he was definitely one of the better players who deserved to make the roster. He didn't quit. He kept grinding, was on the practice squad, and now he's back on the active roster. And it pays off. Th- those attitudes, you know, that that's infectious. Uh, Quinn and Williams, too. You know, uh, uh, Vinnie Curry spoke to the media today, raving about his work ethic. So this, and you see Robbie Anderson it, having his problems in Carolina. You know, this stuff culture fans sometimes it gets snickered at because you just want to see results but the process is what really matters because that is what sustains success over the long run yeah the culture they're creating and you know homegrown draft picks um you know it's and they kept they kept guys and they brought guys in that could play and i I see something uh matthias simon burials two weeks in a row yeah Mm -hmm. i mean they're getting them involved it's not quantity of players it's quality uh, and i know you have written something up about moving uh elijah moore around or put him in the slot it, it's hard to take garrett wilson out of there the way he, he's running routes you can't and elijah they asked him uh, about not getting the ball not getting any targets and he said the right thing i wish they would just leave it alone and not look for negatives and someone a bad mouth of teammates of the team he'll, he'll get his plays but it's just nice to see barrios involved yeah, Salah mentioned it today. He talked to Elijah Moore after that tweet. 
You know, he's not he's not looking to stir any controversy. Uh, I think you're referring to the tweet you saw that I tweeted. Listen, Elijah Moore could play the slot, no problem. But if you look at the film, what Garrett Wilson is doing in the slot is absurd. Like it's it's really under the radar. He's playing point guard out there on a lot of plays. Look at the fourth quarter in Pittsburgh. He set up a couple Corey Davis yeah. uh, big plays. So you're not going to take Garrett Wilson out of the slot. There's just no way. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. But there's enough, you know, footballs to go around, and I know people are commenting about having. Michael Carter and Brees Hall in the game at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Um, I believe that was the case on the misdirection. Yep. It was. uh, Brees lined up behind the tackle or guard. Um, Yeah. And you could spread them out too. You know, we, we said it, this is a young group that, you know, the longer they're together, the better they're going to be. They're just hitting their stride. Defense is, is there. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, Quinn keeps playing like that. You know, he's the next coming Aaron Donald. He is in the backfield and he blocked a field goal. And yeah. sacks and hurries. I mean, you know, and Lawson came up coming off the end. Good man. But Aaron Rodgers was running for his life. Yeah, Quinnen, you got think about it. You got Quinnen as an all pro on the defensive line, and then you got AVT as an all pro on the offensive line. It just doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, and then the move to move up and get Brees, you know, you look at the picks, Joe Douglas. What did he get? For Sam Darnold and Jamal Adams, we got Vera Tucker, Garrett Wilson. Uh, you know, it, it's just the mother load. Yeah, hold on. You all right, bud? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I want some wet hugs. Oh, all right. Sorry. You're no, raining. what is it's raining pretty hard here? You're it's raining right? pretty hard there. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, he just got home from soccer practice. Hey, but he I'll can be- come on the show anytime. Let him know. Yeah. yeah. Hi. Hey, what's up? <laughs> So yeah, we're we are a happy Jets family um, watching the game. I'm looking forward uh, to this to this Denver game um, and, and coming home five and two and and with another AFC East matchup. I mean, we could really put some distance uh, between us. What, what, this is a misdirection. Yeah, this is the you know it's funny. Uh, my head coach, who I helped coach high school, said his offensive coordinator saw this play and he's going to install it in the game yeah. plan for this week. Um, there's Hall at the wing, Carter. So it's the two back look. Yeah. Yeah. It's just misdirection. I mean, I guess you can call it a counter, maybe an old school counter is supposed to really supposed to go outside yet. He just saw it and cut it up. Yeah. And then it just crisscross on the receivers. Yeah. The the green Bay just overplayed it so big. Like, yeah, this guy, this guy reads it. Yep. That middle linebacker reads it, but this kid's got some vision. He really does. Yeah, he's got some vision. Like I and said, they blitz just, too. They blitz too on the edge with the DB. Wow. You saw and Garrett Wilson. Someone commented that he, you know, was locked up yesterday. He, dude, he's he's drawing attention and opening things up for other people. Um, let's see. People are still talking about Mims. Um, I did what are they saying that. about Mims? Just about this is where you know. Putting a four receiver sets with more Wilson in the slot. This is where the Mims comes into question. I think he fits in there. I don't. It's not going to happen. It's For tough. You, Mims truth or is it's not going to happen when someone gets hurt. See, I mean, who do you replace? Yeah, listen. If Corey Davis goes down, it's Mims yeah. time. But yeah. it has to take Corey Davis going down because you have Barrios is hardly playing. You got Elijah Moore, who I looked at the targets. Elijah Moore's targets are right up there with Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis, but. 
you got so many weapons that, you know, Mims is just number two to Corey Davis as that sideline vertical threat. Here is, what do you know about this? Tom, Coach O'Neill, Reese said in his presser he was supposed to pitch that to Garrett Wilson for a reverse, but said the edge was too far up. You know what? I did hear that. I wasn't even thinking about it when I was watching that film. That is interesting. Uh, maybe we should look at it one more time. Um, and if that's the case, it's like that old school. I forget what Joe C did it, but he was definitely doing it when you were still on the team. Uh, Richie Anderson to Martin pitch. Yeah. They would do that every now and then. Um, that is interesting. If that was an option and he, and he didn't take it. Let's see. Yeah, people say Russell Wilson is shy during the touchdown pass by four. You just know he's getting no number 33 against. He's not. I don't know what he's going to do tonight, but uh, the the way our defense is playing, um, I don't I don't see these guys, especially guys on the outside, you know, making these plays. Yeah, Judy's great, and, and uh, you know Sutton's having good you know good uh good career so far, but I don't know. I'm going to watch the game tonight. I think it's starting soon and see what the Broncos have to offer. But um, and Mile High doesn't have the same home field advantage that they used to have. Correct. So, uh, and like you said, we're, we're, we're good on the road, man. We got the chips against us. We like that. Yeah. Let's see this. Yeah. Three and oh on the road. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. You could see it being an option as a, as a reverse. Cause here's Garrett Wilson Barrios. coming around. Yeah. Barrios is wide open. It's, he's not even getting the ball. Yeah. Look at the, safety, look, the safety is looking him up. Barrios is streaking down the field. Yeah, you get the corner and the the safety looking at him. Yep. But the problem really is that DB blitz right here. Yeah. The safety blitz. And and once that safety blitz happens, the pitch to Garrett Wilson right here as an option doesn't – Brees has no chance, and he just goes. I mean, it's an excellent job. That's that's an athlete, the way he reacted. For real. Like, that is – that's special. Yeah. And here's a Lambo leap. Oh, there he goes. Yeah. All right. Verge Tibbs. Russell not getting 300 versus Jets. Come on. Get off the same old Jet stuff. This ain't that exactly. This ain't the same Jet stuff. People no. need to stop. You know, in the media, they're going to try to start picking it up. Like, oh, we, we thought they had talent. We didn't know if they'd get the wins. Obviously, you know, they're stupid. <laughs> the guys who said they, they'd go 0-10 in the first 10 games. But yeah. I see Rich Eisen pumping up the Jets, picking them. I think he's the only one who picked them this past week. Uh, yeah, like he three was the weeks yeah. Unanimous decision. Everybody picked the Jets' opponent. Um, and listen, they could lose games the rest of the way, but I, I just don't see it. No, listen, and listen, there, there will be peaks and valleys where they lose one where it, it's it's a head scratcher. The Chiefs do that. The best teams in the NFL do that. But th- they – the last two games were no doubters and they didn't even need much from the quarterback. So think about it in that regard. You know, Zach Wilson didn't have to do much, you know, a little late on the timing early on in this one in the first half and they still found their footing. So that that's as promising as it gets. Yeah. Like I said, their uh, optimism is great. And like I said, at this point, they don't care. They got nothing to lose. Nobody expected anything from them. Oh, uh, and you know that's a great way to play. There's no target on their back. Targets on the Buffalo's back, KC's back. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, listen, we got our hands full. 
when we play Buffalo. I'm not sure. Do we play home or away the first Buffalo game? Each of the first three divisional games are at home. Right. And then the last three are away, which is another quirk in the schedule. You, you start off the first four weeks with the AFC North and then that. It's uh, pretty interesting. Look at it. The 98 AFC Championship game still stings because the Vikings had already lost. Yeah, I hear you. Kind of. I don't know where that came from, I guess, because I brought up the past. But um, yeah. everybody won't, you know, you know, that was, that was as close as we got. But, um, you know, a lot has happened since then. Uh, and I think we're probably going there in the best circumstances we have uh, in a long time. I know we don't play them all the time. Marvin asks, what makes a good slot receiver versus playing out wide? We may have the perfect person to ask that question right here. It's just different. You know, uh, on, the, on the outside, you know, a lot of times the corner uses the sideline as kind of like a second defender. Uh, and inside, you know, you got a two-way go um, lined up there, but you get a lot more bracket coverage. They don't do that on the, you know, you get a high-low or inside-outside. So a um, little more, you know, technician being in the slot and, and obviously running more crossing routes uh, and getting over the ball. So it's a lot, I would say it's a lot more dangerous, you know, being in the slot, you know, where the, the linebackers roam uh, and the safeties come down. But uh, you just have to have a knack for it. Um, and I think Garrett has that. Uh, I think Braxton has that. So, um, you know, they're versatile. You can put them inside and outside. Both, you can mix it up. Um, and I like that LaFleur is trying to get the ball in everybody. Well, not Elijah, but everybody else's hands, you know, pretty equally right now. Yeah, look at this. Uh uh, someone criticizing LaFleur in terms of getting the spreading the wealth to all the receivers. I, I listen, the OC is always public enemy number one, it's always that way, no matter what, because of play calling, because of Madden. Play calling, while important, is highly overrated, it really is at times. And if you look at the targets, you know, every single guy except for Berrios, because Berrios takes a lot of handoffs, is right yeah. up there. You know, Elijah Moore's targets is right there, neck and neck with Corey Davis and uh. Garrett Wilson, he will get his. It will happen. Yeah. And then um, I think Conklin and Azuma both had catches. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I mean, just, golly, man, it's just nice to have a podcast that we can talk about and smile, uh, be optimistic. Yep. Uh, and, and and for all Jeff fans out there, it, like I said, this is this is not the same kind of team. Uh, the culture they've been, that Salah has built in the last couple of years you know, uh, Joe Douglas has made the moves. You know, the Johnson family has given him free reign with the yep. salary cap. Uh, and like I said, it's the, it's the Dwayne Brown, it's the Quan Alexander, last year the Quincy Williams. They're bringing in these guys that are playing big roles and, and also great locker room guys. So um, they're doing a great job. Yeah, look at my tweet. You know things are going swimmingly in Jets land when this is the main topic. You know, Elijah Moore not getting enough yards and, and targets. I mean, folks, 29 targets, uh, Conklin, 32, uh, Corey Davis, 33. They're spreading the wealth incredibly well. So I, I wouldn't worry about this whatsoever. No, I just think that um, it's just trying to drum up something negative. There's no negatives. You can't you can't put the kid on on spot like that. You know, I was in a situation like that. Hey, do you want um you wish you had the ball more? Yeah. Oh, Krimbet's complaining that he's not getting the ball enough. Well, well, you asked me if I wanted more. What mm. receiver, what running back would 
say, nah, no, I'm good. I mean, that's just setting it up for, uh, you know, for failure. I mean, setting it up to, for a controversy. Yeah. I wish they would just leave these young guys alone and let them play. Yeah. It's a, he's a competitive kid. You know, you kind of want that out of him. And social media makes it very difficult in today's day and age. So all things considered under Joe Douglas, things have never been this good in terms of, you know, in-house culture, the lack of leaks, the drama, you know, the guys they've cut loose who just keep going through teams and creating chaos elsewhere. Uh, so they got the process nailed down. And, and this season, a lot of good stuff could happen. Yeah, like I said, it's just it's just the beginning. Um, they're still learning to play with each other. Uh, the defense definitely seems like it's ahead uh, of the offense right now, uh, which is what everybody expected. You know, after the first two games, wasn't really there. Uh, and then look at this. They get a, uh, you know, block punt for a touchdown. Yeah. Quinnen, uh, and Quinnen blocks a field goal. And Quinnen blocks a field goal. Um, you know, the special teams are showing the coaching. I mean, across the board, offense, defense, special teams, uh, coaching. H- how are they not, you know, B pluses to A's, you know, just across the board. If, when all four of those categories are, are doing well, um, and I keep saying tough to beat, you know, it's just we're competitive every game so far. Uh, maybe we won a game or two that you know we weren't expected to. We, we shouldn't have based on the situation. But uh, these last two weeks is a great cause for optimism. Yeah, and in football, attitude is a lot. When you start feeling good about the situation and you feel like you're invincible, it, it goes a long way. And that's the confidence they have right now. And so you just got to look. And the drafts, listen, they hit. Joe Douglas has hit on every big draft pick the last two drafts. The injuries, it wasn't an excuse, but they were ravaged by injuries the past two years. So I know everyone's shocked by this four and two start, but if you consider the injuries and then another draft class on top of it, an elite draft class, all these picks, you know, you can't, it's hard to not turn it around when you have so many premium picks. So they just deserve all the credit in the world for taking the patient, tougher route. You know, listen, it doesn't always translate from college to the pros and just the way they've handled uh, these young guys so far, um, you know, just they're doing it the right way. I saw, I see this one return of the Jedi rusty spooner rep <laughs> plus NFL equals hates us. Keep staying hungry and keeping receipts. Yeah. Listen, we're not going to get any calls. Uh, the young guys aren't going to get calls sauce. I mean, he's all over these guys, they, you know, they're going to get these guys on our penalties. It is what it is. You know, sometimes it's better to get illegal hands than give up a 50, 60 yard touchdown um, like that. But, you know, without those penalties yesterday, Aaron Rodgers had that one great throw to Lazard. Um, yeah, it was a great throw. He had no time back there. And no. Russ, you know, Aaron could run. And Russ, he's not the same Russ as he was in Seattle. Um, and if they keep crashing down the, you know, the pocket there, closing the pocket, um, I think except for Josh Allen right now, looking ahead, there's not much to worry about as far mm-hmm. as the running quarterback. True. Uh, beloved Peace asked this question, do we stick with the five current offensive linemen we have, that configuration? Or if Fant and Mitchell come back, do we move ABT back to right guard? It's a good question because ABT at right tackle, they're really rolling right now because Nate Herbig's doing a good job at right guard. Um, 
I don't know. I, I don't know, honestly. Fant, if Fant comes back, it's very different than Mitchell. I mean, I, Mitchell did a great job, but if Fant comes back, they probably make the move. Uh, without Fant, I, I say still roll with uh, this configuration. Yeah. Like I said, it worked. Uh, Dwayne Brown, I'm telling you, man. Yeah, Dwayne Brown was good. What, what is he, early 30s? He's uh, 37. Is he that old? Yeah. I mean, he, just- he Today, he admitted there was a, a fleeting moment after the injury that he would call it a career that he would retire is that right yes but he decided he can't go out like that and he's he he made a commitment to the team that he's going to come back and he just couldn't end his career like that yeah um i'm glad he's there yeah um, you know people were wondering what we're going to do with you know becton um you know it's a shame that you know the amount of games he's played uh, he was a great pick and he showed that, but, you know, not calling him like a bust. You can't do that. But, like, he's just not panning out because the injuries is, – is that what we're going to look back at and, and say that was, you know, one of the not-so-good picks? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's um, – I hate to say that, but he was going to be like a building block mm-hmm. for that line. Um, so just imagine if he comes back healthy next year. Um you know, like I said, injuries have been a problem over the years. But if we stay healthy this year, Dwayne Brown can stay out there, and these guys are interchangeable. Um, we got to protect the quarterback, and they're doing that right now. And, and hey, motivation is a hell of a thing in football. Notice Quinn and Williams over the last three weeks since that hubbub with uh, Jeff Olbrick in the press. Fans were getting on Olbrick because he kind of used interesting words in the press conference. He wasn't trying to hammer Quinnen, but some fans took it that he was saying he was out of shape or not conditioned. It wasn't what he was saying. But since that moment, Quinnen has been a beast. Maybe Becton seeing this says, Hey, I want to be a part of this. I'm going to do everything I can go 110% and comes back better than ever. You know, you never know. If, if Quinnen's um, not in shape and not playing his best, then I can't wait to see him. Yeah, for real. Uh, full go. Dude, he is getting back there quick. I mean, it's, I'm not saying he's Aaron Donald, but the way he plays and the way he disrupts the run game, the pass game, and, and someone said two years, $25 million each. No, you got to lock this dude up for much more than two years. Yeah, you're going more too. He's going to be, you know, he's one of the best young talents there is at the position. Um. Like you said, he should have made the Pro Bowl last year, but right now he's a leading candidate. Um, and, and I'm glad I watched the whole game because some other weeks I could just watch some and watch the game cast and just watching them back there and the, how they got out, just the front four and the stunts. Um, if they could do that without blitz linebackers and they could drop in the coverage, um, Sal was doing a great job there. Great job. And yeah, the front four is getting after it, but don't don't overlook the fact that the this coverage is just elite. And a lot of some of these sacks, a lot of these sacks, Russell Wilson gets sacked. I just watch, I just see it here on TV. A lot of these sacks are coverage sacks too. Uh so yeah. both both ends are just doing their job. Tom Cotroneo, Quincy's presence was made known this week. Yeah. It's funny that uh my wife is like, you know, there's two brothers on the Jets team. I'm like, yeah, and you see the video of them celebrating after the game. I'm like, they're not only just like two brothers; they're like major pieces. Yeah, for the development of this defense, and you know, you know, picking up Quincy last year. I know he got hurt early in the year, but the way he he's tackling these guys, these are big running backs, and I mean, lifting them up and driving them back. 
Uh, whoever whoever worked on the tackling drills with him and Quan doing a good uh, job. Yeah, guys, dude, they're going backwards, and not Aaron Jones and Dylan. They don't go backwards often. No, and Quan, man, does he drive through guys? He does not stop that drive when he hits guys, and it sets a tone. Do not underestimate physicality. You know, especially on defense. We get we got a fan from Bangladesh. Rizzo Khan, hi Wayne. Thanks for the memories. I live in Bangladesh now for the last two decades, but still watch and support the Jets. We have a great young team now. Yes. People from all over the world are watching <laughs> the Jets. Hey, listen, they said been a fan for two decades. There's been fans for 10, 20, 30, 40 years that have been waiting for a glimmer of hope. And we had a little bit over the years, but since since I played there, I know we played. Sanchez got to the AC, you know, championship games, but um, I'm not saying what's going to happen this year. I think we can make the playoffs, but if we keep building and have drafts like we're having and keep our guys, you know, in green and white, this is, you know, this can, this can really build into something. I know people want to see results now, but this could build into something next one, two, three years going forward. Yeah. There's pieces everywhere. So, and when I say pieces, I mean, arguably elite guys at the position top 10 in the league sauce avt quinn and williams uh garrett wilson i'll throw him in the mix easily Brees hall easily i mean zach wilson if he comes forget about it it's just the the, the talent is beyond obvious yeah. you got uh alexis alvarez wayne what was your number at hostra and did they retire i was number three at hostra uh yeah they retired it even though they don't have a football program, but uh, I wore number three in the year until the preseason until uh, training camp was over, and then I moved into eighty. Joe Campanelli, the Packers looked like they didn't want to be on the field in the fourth quarter. That physical play is amazing to watch. Yeah, they 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 cashed it in, man. Mm-hmm. They already just had the clock hit triple zero. Uh, when you could do that to a team like that, uh, who doesn't lose at home. And that's a potential playoff team. You, you know, you you had a good day when you put it on a team like that. Yeah. Last calls for questions for Wayne. Get him in. Here's a quick one. If they had the rules that they do have today with the numbers, would you have kept three? Um, would it be weird, right? Wouldn't it I be mean, weird if I was number three? I, you know, back then, yes. But imagine they had those rules and it was go- rolling for like three or four years and there were some receivers in the single digits already. Would you have kept three or would you have gone 80 for a large? Wow. I, I don't know. I just, I can't imagine having not worn number. That's eight. what I mean. Like all, you see all the 80 jerseys in the stadium. I, I can't imagine it either. So that's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, great show. I appreciate all the questions. Um, I like doing the live shows and hopefully let me check the score. Um, Denver's up three nothing. So hopefully, oh um, dear, yeah. So we'll Chargers. see what happens the rest of the game. Let's see what we need to get prepared for next week. Yeah, I mean, hey, Jets short week for Denver, which is a positive. Uh, but hey, they played two teams in a row that uh, got ten days off before their matchup because they played yeah. Thursday night the week before. So yeah, it's coming back around. The schedule is a schedule. You never know the schedule until you're in the midst of it. Um, go to JetsXFactor.com, use discount code 80 to get all the good stuff, become a member of free 8x10 signed autographed picture of Wayne Corbett. There's four options, one with the old school green Jets helmet, 
of the early to mid nineties and three with the white and, uh, you know, on iTunes rate and review, give us five stars, drop kind words and share this video. Um, Wayne, uh, take us away. Yeah. Again, thanks for everybody joining us. We try to get to all the questions. Uh, keep tuning in. You know, I think we're going to break down some more film, uh, some of these, some of these games so everybody can see, uh, what we're talking about, um, and be excited. Uh, be excited. You know, it's it's uh, Monday night. Uh, enjoy it till Sunday, and hopefully we'll feel the same way next week. Absolutely. All right, Jets fans, we will see you next week. And maybe the Jets will be 5-2 and two getting ready for a showdown with Bill Belichick. Take care. Okay.